Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jake Taylor Jacob Show. Right now we're listening to, you know how I do the show, I like to bring the show on with a song. Never Alone, a Tori Kelly, the Kurt What's going on? Welcome to the show. I hope inside material things mm-hmm. in your light, I now understand that everything I have ain't everything that I am. Oh, sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough, but that's what love says you're mine. Oh, now, What's going on, y'all? This is Jake Taylor Jacobs with the Jake Taylor Jacobs Show. I'm super duper excited to be talking to y'all about uh, what we have to talk today. We're going to be talking about, drum roll, please. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about some good stuff. We're going to be talking about um, profit to scale. That's what we're going to be talking about. And why most biz, small business owners fail at scaling. We're going to be talking about profit to scale. 
what it takes to be able to scale and grow your business. All those things that we're going to uh, we're going to talk about on what they say on today, on today. Um, so uh, before we get going, we are going to um, uh, actually um, play one more song. And then we're going to get going. Mm -hmm. We're going to play one more song by Gene Moore. talking about about what i got to say today today's show we're talking about um uh profit to scale and learning the the, the needed tips in order to scale and grow your business um i'm a super i'm super excited that i'm finally qualified to talk about some good stuff when it comes to business because you know there's a lot of people who uh you know try to give business advice but really don't know what they're talking about it's just like regurgitated information and so I'm super excited to be sharing with you guys and talking with you all today about um, what we did to grow our company, what we've done to uh, scale, the mistakes that I've made in business to maybe help you avoid from making the same mistakes. And then we're also going to be talking about um, uh, the reason why most people fail when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to. Um, scaling and growing their business and it's and it's simple things but these simple things they compound and they add up and it costs to us absolutely losing our mind okay so um i think that it's very important that uh, this discussion is had because um it'll help some of you all be able to grow and scale foremost uh, just to kind of talk to you guys about who I am. For those of you guys that are new to the show, my name is Jake Taylor Jacobs. I am the CEO and founder of ABS Institute and also uh, uh, ABS Brokers. ABS Brokers is our financial firm where we teach families how to become independent from a traditional financial um, mantras. And uh, we show people how to create their own banking system within their family so that they can be their own banking system, so they can be their own bank. And the whole goal is to help you uh, uh, leave debt behind. I wrote a book entitled We Are Sick, Surviving Financial Cancer. You actually can go get the book at survivingfinancialcancer.com. 
it's a nice easy read you can read it in a day or maybe two um where i scientifically and statistically prove how debt is the number one cause of death in black america how debt is the number one cause of death in america period and uh, i prove it inside of uh, the book surviving financial cancer and i give you some quick tips on what you can do to um, uh, mitigate that problem in your life. In the book, I talk about how uh, just like there are four stages of physical cancer, there are also four stages of financial cancer, and they break your body down similarly uh, to uh, physical cancer. Actually, that tumor, and I and I reference that the tumor uh, of debt uh, grows if it's not if it's not taken out, if it's not. Um, a, um, uh, a key mode out if you don't find a way to get that cancer get that debt uh, uh get that debt um out of your life um it will erode and it'll you know eat up a bunch of stuff in your body so when people talk to me about a couple of things you know i, I always allude to say go read my book and then i have another book coming out entitled i am the lender where i teach you how to become the banker for your family how to become the banker of your life so you can stop depending on the banking system and start depending on god's system uh, by um uh, putting a couple monetary um uh, systems in place for your family so that you can be independent um there's a couple of books i think that you sh everyone should read um before we get started no i'm not getting endorsed by this guy he's actually dead but it's a great book it is called building your well warehouse of wealth um by nelson nash building building your warehouse of wealth it's a great book um um especially with the teachings of what we teach people all across the country um this right here and become the bankers one but i don't have that book right now uh, in here the case for ibc that book you should go get it and then an easy book to understand how money works because we're not taught is this how money works that book is absolutely good so i think it's very important that we understand that the basis of success is to understand uh how to deal with the economics of this earth economics of this planet because we live in a financially driven um, um, uh, monetary valued, economically driven society. And that means that you have to have a grips and understand how tools work. If you, you, you know how to drive a car, if you don't know how to drive a car, you won't get behind the wheel. You know how to use a hammer. If you don't know how to use a hammer, you won't get behind the hammer. Uh, you know how to use these tools, but the very most important tool that most of us fail to learn how to, um, how to use and how to navigate is our what? It's our money tool. Money is just a tool. We're going to be talking about that today on the show. So like I said today, today we're going to be talking about how you can learn how to scale your business and some of the common mistakes that most people make. couple of things I want to sit on and talk about because, um, you know, a lot of people, especially starting businesses, um, up, oh, I forgot to push record. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Jake Taylor Jacobs show. This is a show about learning how to uh, go from profit to scale. And in today's show, um, again, we're talking about how uh, minority business owners can um, learn how to succeed and running profitable businesses that can be scaled. But the very first thing that we have to understand is that we cannot, I repeat, we cannot um, 
You know, we talk about having mission-based companies, and a lot of people think that mission-based company means that you have to tell everybody, you know, we're black-owned and we're trying to uh, build this business for our community. That's not the reason that you build a business. You build a business to be able to provide a product or a service that can fulfill a need in any community, specifically your own. And you don't have to go and, and, and tell everybody that that's why you created your business because, uh, Frank, quite frankly, a lot of people really don't care. Uh, they just want you to provide a service and provide a good. And what you do with those resources are to you. It doesn't it doesn't make anybody want to um, uh, buy or come your way at all. So I think it's very important that you understand that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today on the show, too. And if you have any specific questions in regards to your business, you can literally call in today, 469-340-3612. The lines will be open for you to be able to call into the show so that you can participate. And um, and I can answer any business questions that you have. So the very first thing we have to understand when it comes to business, when it comes to what we're trying to accomplish, is that business, number one, is supposed to be for profit. Business, number one, is supposed to be for profit. And I think a lot of people, um, you, you know, we say that, but a lot of people don't understand exactly what it means to actually be a for profit business. And um, it has a lot to do with it's not a nonprofit. You know, nobody cares you know, why you created the business. Uh, most people don't even care, um, uh, what, what, you know, why you have so much passion about it. They just want to see your passion and see that purpose that you have within, watch this, within the services or products that you provide. We should be able to see that. And one of the biggest problems and reasons why most um, most uh, people that have uh, revenueing business um, and you want to learn how to scale your business is that you have to understand the difference between working in and working on, working in your business and working on. Jake, what do you mean? I, I feel like a lot of people are in the day-to-day so much that they never can see above uh, the problems. And because you're in the day-to-day, because you don't want to hire, because you don't want to um, develop new talent, because you don't want anybody else, quote-unquote, touching the revenue of your business, you don't allow yourself to be able to scale and delegate up. And you guys all know, uh, Amir, can you bring my a Bible, please? You, you all know that I'm a Bible-thumping um, um, uh, enthusiast, and uh, we literally built our business only using biblical principles. We literally built our business using biblical principles, and we found, um, as I began to read other books, as I began to read other books, I realized that there are a lot of similarities in successful businesses. There, were a lot, there are a lot of similarities in successful businesses uh, that compared to um, um, you know, organizations that have been built inside of uh, inside of uh, the Bible. And um, I like to say the first business consultant was Jethro. So Jethro was the father-in-law of Moses. We're going to go to Exodus 18. Jethro was the father-in-law of Moses. And um, after Moses uh, took the Egyptians or the Canaanites or the Israelites out of Egypt, and um, they, they began to follow him, um, they began to follow him. What Moses began to do, Moses um, uh, was taking them out of Egypt, and they were in the wilderness. And uh, Jethro was the father-in-law to uh, Moses. And Jethro went and brought um, Moses' sons back and his wife because he sent them, uh, 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 Moses let them stay with the father-in-law while he went to go get his people. Let my people go. And... Um, when Jethro came, him, uh, Moses, and Aaron, all the elders, they had feasts with Jethro. Jethro kind of gave Moses, you know, his um, his his little 
you know, training lessons as a leader. He gave him a little training lessons as a leader when, you know, Moses was uh, in Jethro's camp when he ran away from Egypt. Um, and what happened with Moses, Moses was a one man wrecking shop. Moses, when he was leading this million man, million person organization, he was literally doing everything. And I, and I want to bring the Bible out because for people that don't think that the Bible is applicable, 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 is applicable. I think it's applicable. I think it's applicable. I think, I think it's, I, I think it's applicable. Yeah. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Somebody said, wake up, Jake. I'm waking up. Okay. It's, it's, it was a long day and I'm going to get, I'm going to get excited here in a second. But one thing that we got to understand when it comes to Moses, when Jethro came to see Moses in Exodus 18, what Jethro was beginning to see, he saw that Moses was doing absolutely everything. Okay. <laughs> he, he 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 saw that Moses was doing absolutely everything himself and what we like to do when it comes to business we like to do everything right you want to be the editor you want to be the videographer you want to be you know you want to call and do the sales you want to call and close and you just want a little assistant that you kind of pay a little bit but you want to keep all the profits to yourself or all the money to yourself uh, as I should say because profits is money left after all expenses and so you want to keep all the money to yourself because why you're depending upon that income in order for you to survive and when you're depending on your business income in order for you to survive it's going to be hard for you to scale because you cannot you will not be able to forfeit the lifestyle that you're creating by living on this money what do I mean by that I mean there are people that have a hundred thousand dollar business that has you know enough money to hire two full-time people or one full-time person one part-time person but because you don't want to spend money and you want to live on the hundred thousand dollars you don't allow yourself to be able to what continue to grow and scale the business so what Moses was dealing with at this moment was that Moses was literally tired he was beat up and how many how many business owners out there have been beat up how many business owners out there have been beat up? You're in the day to day. You're working 15, 16, 17, 18 hours a day, and you're literally doing everything. Your wheels are spinning. You like the money that you're making, but your wheels are spinning. And this is what's happening to Moses. And with Jethro um, began to observe Moses in his organization and what was going on, um, what was beginning to happen was um, uh, Moses was beginning to um, uh, be down. He was, you know, getting tired and he was getting worn out. And uh, when Jethro saw this, he told Moses, he said, Moses, he said, what you do is not good. And if you keep it up, uh, you sit and you judge the people day and night. So Moses, you know, was the judge. He was the leader. So he was always dealing with people's problems, everybody's problems. They were literally standing in line and he would deal with them all day. They'll go to sleep. He'll do it again. And what Jethro was saying, he said, what you're doing is not good. If you keep this up. You keep doing this by yourself. You will kill yourself and the people, too. And so when he said when you kill yourself and the people, too, what he's saying is you're this very thing that you were supposed to lead that was going to lead y'all to freedom will kill you if you do not watch this delegate and help and get help. So what Mo, what Jethro told Moses, he said, you need to develop leaders that are capable that don't take easy bribes and that believe have the same integral code that you have. And so when we talk about the Bible, when we talk about building businesses, when we talk about building organizations, you got to understand that you got to spread. You got to share your revenue. You got to share your profits if you want to see daylight. 
The problem that most small business owners have when it comes to building a business, the problem that most small businesses have is uh, appreciate that, Carrie, is the fact that you're so start you so stuck in the business that the very business that was supposed to give you freedom is the very business that has enslaved you. Oh, I'm on today. See, 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 y'all shouldn't have told me to wake up because y'all know I get excited. The very business that was supposed to set you free is the very business that you're victim to. And you become enslaved to the very instrument that was supposed to create your freedom because you have locked yourself down and you don't want to share your revenue. You don't want to share your profits. So when it comes to building a successful business, when it comes to growing a successful business, what I realized early on was great things cannot be done alone. Great things cannot be done alone. What, what do I mean by that? If you look at every organization, every leader in the Bible, even Christ himself, uh, you look at prophets that uh, that were had. They all had disciples. They all had people. They all had a team. And what happens is you begin to use all of your business's income. You use all of your business income to take care of your livelihood. And you have none of that money left over to be able to pour into your business. You got to understand your business is a baby. Okay. And, and most people, most good parents would never starve their baby. Most good parents would never starve their baby. Most good parents, you would feed your baby before you feed yourself. Why? Because you want your baby to grow up and be uh, and have the, as much nutrients as they need so that the baby can grow up strong because, you know, one day you won't have the strength to take care of you and you hope that your baby will reciprocate uh, what you've done for them for you when you get older in age. Your business is like a child. You feed the child. How do you feed the child? You feed the child with money. You keep pouring the money that you make back into your business to allow your infrastructure to grow into scale. The problem that most small business owners have is that they don't put all their money back into their business so that their business can save them later. When you look at the quality or the worth of a business, most people who are looking at businesses, they look at how profitable or, or how much revenue, how profitable your business can be without you being in the realm, in the helm of it, which means can your business operate when you're not there? And if your business cannot operate when you're not there, you don't have a business, you are self-employed. Because a business is supposed to generate revenue, profits, and income and work without you being in the midst. So what Jethro told Moses, he said, you need to find people who are capable. Now, let's break this down, capable, because we're talking about profits to scale. So that means that you learn how to make money. You're a one-man band, two-man band, and you're trying to figure out how can you get out the rent, out the helm, out the driver's seat of your business? First of all, you got to find people who are capable. What does it mean by capable? It does not mean, watch this, it does not mean uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, projects. You're not trying to hire projects, people that you got to work on to get better. You're trying to hire people who are capable. They're witty. They're sharp. They're self-motivated. You don't have to drag them to come to work. They're not just there for a check. They're trying to add value. So capable people who have the same integrity. You're trying to find people. You're trying to hire people, develop a team of people who have the same integral code of your organization, uh, of your company. Hey, Amir, can you uh, turn on the fan, please? I'm sorry.
and uh, that have the same uh, integral code, moral belief, moral fiber of you. Why? Because if somebody values work the way that you value work, you won't have to beg them to come to work, which means they won't be misusing your resources. That's one of the reasons why when I when we when I coach a one on one small business owners, one of their biggest plights, one of their biggest problems or feelings that they have is the fact that they feel like when they hire people, people don't get the job done like them. Well, first of all, you're not hiring capable people. And second of all, you're not hiring people who have the same integral uh, moral code that you have, meaning they feel the same thing about your business or they feel the same way about having good work ethic as you do. And the third thing is they don't take easy to bribe. They're not just there for the money. They're there to make an impact or they want to bring value to your organization. Those are the three criteria of things that are needed when you when you're looking to hire. Now. Now, what Jethro told Moses was you got to develop these leaders. Now, watch what he says. He says some will be able to lead thousands. Some will be able to lead hundreds. Some will be able to lead fifties and some will be able to lead twenties. Now, uh, 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 some will be able to lead uh, 20, you know, people of 20. So what it's saying is that there are certain people that have different skill sets that will allow for them to lead and manage different types or, or, or sizes of people, which means that everyone you hire won't be able to do what you do. But the, what you want them to do, you want them to be good at what they do when you train them so they can be able to relay problems and, and give you solutions. So when I talk to my team and they bring me a problem for one, we train them, we coach them and we're talk about how to develop policies and procedures so that you can scale but we train and we coach them so that they can deal with smaller problems so that me as the ceo i can continue to be the visionary of the company so when it comes to building your organization building your business you have to understand as the founder as the owner as the ceo you cannot be so caught up in the day-to-day -day that you can't continue to progress and move your company's brand forward and so when i say that what i mean is the reason why most business owners, why you don't want to share the profits is because, listen, you, you make a lot of money being a one man band. I get it. But th the problem is, is you're not properly. Um, you're, what you're getting paid is not really properly valued. What I mean by that is you're doing nine jobs. So, of course, of course, you're getting a, of course, you're making one hundred thousand. Of course, you're making 200,000. Of course, you're making 300,000, but you're doing nine jobs. You're the editor. You're the accountant. You're the assistant. You're the bookkeeper. You're, you're the salesperson. You're the closer. You're the videographer. You're the producer. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're the contractor. You're your legal, you're the, you're, your legal defense. And when it comes to your business, of course, it seems like you get paid more when you do it yourself, but it's because you're doing nine to 10 jobs. So if you want to be able to have passive income from your active business, you got to hire people that you can train to, to, to take over the positions that you are filling so that you can, as a CEO, continue to be the visionary for your business. So when it comes to you operating and growing your business, the problem that most small business owners, specifically minority small business owners have, is because you don't want to hire and you don't want to take the time to train because you haven't developed processes and procedures 
years that can be duplicated and you can hire somebody and train them on the same exact thing because you're winging your business. And anybody who wings their business cannot duplicate their business, which means you will forever be a slave to the very entity that was supposed to set you free. So today we're talking about Profits to scale, learning how to scale your business. So when I begin to realize that, yeah, Jake, you make good money on your own. Yeah, Jake, you can make a quarter mil, you can make 300000 you can make $400,000, you know, on your own efforts and only having a Connie, who's the director of operations here, and only having an assistant, paying them, you know, uh, uh, what, what their value, and then you keep the rest. And I had to literally teach my wife because my wife was like, babe. You spent, we spend so much money and expenses for team, for office space, for expenses. And, and she wanted all that money to come home. And I told my wife, how do you think that we're able to go on vacations? How do you think that I'm able, we're able to step away from the company and the company can still work without us? How, how, how do you think that, that we're able to, 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 to go out of town for, for a week, sometimes two weeks? Um, and, and, and we can have sporadic, you know, uh, moments in time where I can just spend time with you and, 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 and still the company makes money. The reason why is because we put systems in place to where we hire people who can take the place of some of the things that I do that can allow me as the organizational leader to go in and do things with my family or that will allow for me so I can continue to think about growing the brand and scaling the business. I can keep my eye on the customers and continue to create products that benefit them while my team, our team, they can actually do the day-to-day -day things. And so the problem that most CEOs have and most business owners have, we have the problem of being in the day-to-day -day and trying to think about the future. It's hard to do that. And no organization can thrive. No organization can succeed if it's a personality-driven organization, which means you're doing everything yourself. It's impossible for you to be able to scale and grow your business in the manner that it should be if you are the person that is pushing and driving everything. You have to develop talent. You have to develop leadership around you. And you have to share the wealth if you want to actually have what we call a sustainable, scalable business. Okay? We want a sustainable, scalable business. And this is the only things that actually can be taught from people who are actually running a business. So you're talking to somebody who was doing $50,000 on his own. Then I got to where I can do a hundred thousand. I got to where I can do a two hundred thousand. Now we have a million dollar producing company. We have an ABS Institute that does about a thousand, five hundred to a thousand dollar. Now we're getting to where we're doing about five hundred to a thousand dollars a day. That's two businesses that we have functioning, and we are about to launch another company with un, under our umbrella. And I'm currently training somebody to be the CEO of our financial firm. See, see, we want everybody to know that we're the CEO of nine different companies and all nine companies ain't even thriving. See, you got to train and develop people to replace you 
so that you can continue to grow the corporation so that the corporation can then in turn make more money and then you cannot have to have be in the day-to-day ceos are more in the day-to-day than the chairman so you got to do what jethro taught moses and what what he taught moses was you got to get out of the day-to-day and you got to put people who are ready to be leaders you train them and you put them over things of your business so that you can manage them managing the business okay and so the problem that most a, a, a minority business owners have is that we don't know how to scale we don't know how to process we don't know how to put infrastructure in place so that it's not personality driven and you don't have to be there and that's what we're going to be talking about today so you can call into the show if you have specific business questions 469-340-3612 is a show that you can call in today if you have any specific business questions uh, that you have but in the meantime i'm going to give you some tips um, I'm going to give you some tips on um, uh, um, uh, I'm going to give you some tips on uh, how you can actually scroll your, uh, scale your business. So first and foremost, first and foremost, your business, when it comes to scaling your business, you have to focus on watch this. You have to co- uh, focus on what's called specialties in business. So I'll give you an example. So the marketing branding company, we actually have four under the uh, ABS Institute. The marketing branding company that we're launching um, in, in about eight months, the ABS, uh, the financial firm that, that we've, that's been the bread and butter for our, our, for our company for five years. The consultant, the consulting company um, uh, that's, that's, um, uh, th- that's functioning today. The, um, uh, the ABS Institute, which is the school online, our academy online. That's functioning. All of these things, I had these thoughts and ideas of these companies when I first started building uh, building this corporation, building the identity of our company, okay? And so I had the institute. I had, because ABS Institute did not used to be called ABS Institute. It actually used to be called um, a school of transformation. Um, uh, our consultation, uh, our cons- uh, uh, ABS Business Consulting didn't used to be called ABS Business Consulting. It used to be called Jake Taylor Consulting. Um, um, our financial firm, the ABS Financial Institute, it has been through so many brand uh, reconstructions uh, that it, it's hard to believe. That's three companies, and then our marketing branding company that we're that we're launching in about a six to eight months is something that I always had in mind. And what typically what people do when they start in their business, you, you know, you want to do everything. You 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 want to be marketing branding. You do coaching. You do financial firm. You got this product. You got the institute. You got this. And when people come to you, you're like opening your jacket. Like, hey, I got this for you. 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 Hey, you want to sell this? You want to sell this? And what I realized was not only was I spinning my wheels, but I was getting nowhere fast. So what I did was I said, okay, God, I understand the vision of where we're going. And the ultimate end goal is for us to be a private equity company. So where we go and we buy out minority businesses and we build them up, we scale them up, we partner with company, uh, CEOs of companies, we build them up, we scale them up, we put processes and systems in place, we buy them out, we participate in shares of the company, um, and then and then we, we, we go there. But I'm telling you the progression of the company. So ABS as a company, um, I've been through a, a lot of reconstructions uh, to where we have a formula to exactly how it works and we build out every company the exact same way. So the very first thing that we have to understand, in order for you to be able to get ground in business, you have to specialize in something. You got to get good at something so well that people around you know you for that one thing. 
And so what we have to understand is that the Bible says do not despise small beginnings. So when it comes to learning how to scale something, the reason why most people can't scale is because you have no uniformity to your business. Your business doesn't have a uniform. Your business doesn't have an identity and you can't scale something that doesn't have an identity. If it's just like a win for all, everybody for everybody, we do everything for everybody at all times. Your business doesn't have anything to scale and your business doesn't have anything uh, uh, it's nothing in place where you can actually duplicate the success of that entity. So what happened was I saw all those things. and I realized that me having all those things in the beginning, for one, they were premature. They were the vision that God gave me of what the future were going to be. And I thought I had to implement it today. And so what we did, we dialed back down and we only focused on the financial firm. And we only focused on one specific thing when it came to building our financial firm. And focusing on that one specific thing has opened up so many doors for the company. It's hard to believe. And and and, 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 and and I got the tip on learning how to specialize in one thing because it opens the doors for other things by studying Solomon. King Solomon in the Bible was one of the wealthiest, um, was the wealthiest king of all to live. And what King, what most people fail to realize, because <clears throat> everyone talks about all the riches and all the wealth and all the stuff with King Solomon, but they don't know what his bread and butter was. King Solomon's bread and butter was selling horses and chariots. What's going on? What's going on? King Solomon's bread and butter was selling horses and chariots. So what I mean by that? King Solomon specialized in selling horses and chariots to the Hittites and the Syrians. And he had one of the first, if not the first, international trades uh, company that was literally trading, um, um, uh, doing international um, uh, trading and international um, shipping across waters with these vessels that were full of horses in chariots. Uh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, uh, no, I don't, Marquise. But um, uh, so so King Solomon, uh, King Solomon literally sold horses and chariots across waters. And when he sold horses and chariots across waters, he became to be known as a tradesman. He traded. He was a trader. So King Solomon didn't own have the horses. King Solomon didn't make the chariots. There were people within within his um, within his region that had horses and that had chariots. So what he did was he put a package together. He realized he solved the problem. The Syrians, as well as the Hittites, didn't have fast transportation. The fastest transportation back then was the horses. And he knew that the horses needed chariots. So what he did was he com he combined, he made a product work together. He didn't make the horses, nor did he make the chariots. He actually traded and bought it from the people within his regions, within his kingdom. And then he sent merchants to smaller cities to buy these horses, buy these chariots. And then he sold these horses and chariots to the Hittites and to kingdoms all across the waters um, that needed faster transportation. So King Solomon got really good at offering a service, offering a product and being known for a specialty. He was a tradesman. And so when he got so good at trading horses, he got so good at trading chariots and horses that they began to watch this. King Solomon would trade. This is I call this invoicing because what he would do. Uh, accounts receivable and accounts payable. He would give them the, the horses and chariots. He would send it across waters. And it'll take about two to three years for the uh, for the the money, the ivory, the gold, the the um uh 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 and all of the spices to come back. So he had horses, he had chariots. He sent the horses and chariots 
across waters to the Hittites and the Syrians. And the Hittites and the Syrians sent him back ships full of ivory, gold, and, uh, and spices. So when the gold, ivory, and spices, oh, I'm sorry, and exotic animals, when they came back to him, there's only so much he could do with all the gold, all the spices, all the ivory, and, uh, uh, and all of the exotic animals. So he took what he needed, what he wanted. Then what did he do with the rest? He traded the rest to other surrounding kingdoms that were around him. So King Solomon got so good at trading internationally and domestically that he began to be known as the most wisest, most successful uh, king uh, that owned a kingdom. And because of this success, it brought people high and far that ran their own kingdoms to come and ask him for advice on how he can build his business and scale it. But what happened was King Solomon built infrastructure in place to where these trades, he had, he had merchants, salesmen go and look at horses and chariots and look at things that he wanted to sell. And he literally sent salesmen out, made trades. They brought money back. They traded internationally. And he had, he wasn't a one man team. He was an organization. So when you look at profits to scaling, the reason why you can't scale is because you're doing too much in your business. You need to be able to hire. You need to be able to train and you need to put people to work in your organization so that your organization can continue to, to thrive. So your business can continue to scale. Your business cannot and will not scale if you don't have infrastructure in place that can make the system work without you being present so the same thing that people are doing online with all these online systems that's the very same thing that you do physically <clears throat> so of course <clears throat> uh, me and my family we can be bringing home a lot more of the bacon than we do with our company but if that's the case that means i would have a lot more responsibility than i actually want to have so you hire people so the very first thing that you do you put policies and procedures in place. So everything that you do first, I'm sorry, the second, that's the second thing. The first thing you do, you specialize in one thing. You get really good at one thing. You find what your wheelhouse is, what the market wants the best and what's the biggest impact that you can make in a market. And when you make that, what you want to do, you want to uh, now you want to put policies and procedures on how the product is made, how the product is, uh, how, how much the product costs to make it. How much the product costs to service it? How much the product costs to sell it? What's the profit after you sell it? Who all needs to be paid in the process? You put all these policies and procedures down, how to offer the product, how to sell the product, where do you sell the product? Where do you go to construct the contracts, the deals? How do you offer the product and service? All these things is what you, what you set up and what we call policies and procedures to where people literally can follow instructions from you on doing exactly what you did in the order that you do it. Not based on what's in your mind. A lot of us run our businesses based on what's in our mind. We run our businesses we make cakes we make products we make we make the stuff based on our intuition i just do a little dab of this a little dab of this and you can't scale and grow that business you can't do it so what you have to do you got to put policies and procedures in place that can mimic your efforts that can mimic what you do that can mimic your uh, um, uh the exact exact success formula that you did because if you can sell a thousand dollars worth of items 
That means you can teach somebody how to also sell a thousand dollars worth of items. You split the revenue with them. You 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 price them on another um, episode. I'm going to show you how to price it. But you split you split the revenue with them and pay them commissions or you pay them some type of salary or stipend salary or stipend from the sales. But if you can make a, a one one thousand dollar sale, you can teach somebody how to sell a thousand dollars worth of your product. You hire five or ten people to do the very same thing you do. You share you share the revenue with them which means you compensate them you take the money from the top and guess what you're scaling your business then you use that money you got policies and procedures now these people are literally mimicking you in the sale in the in the in the community selling your product now when it comes to making your product you have policies and procedures on exactly how you make your product the ingredients of your products how to function your product and so you have somebody making your product you can literally pay somebody to make now make your product in-house and you can compensate them for making your product Product and listen what now you don't have to sell now you don't have to make the product and it allows for you to have more room to look up and to see what is going on to see how uh, how you can continue to help the customer service Could see how you can help with operations and what you do you continue to put people in place that do all of the stuff that you do you put policies and procedures for every single thing that you do so that you can be able to position and put yourself in a situation where you can be successful and you can scale your business. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so right after this, uh, right after this, we're going to take a quick break. And then right after this, we're going to come back to the show. We're going to listen to a quick song. Um, and then we're going to come back with more application. And we'll open the lines for people to call in. We'll open the lines for people to call in. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a someone calling in. Welcome to the Jake Taylor Jacob Show. State your name, where you calling from, and what question do you have? Hey man, Jake, my name is Jake as well. <laughs> I'm not from State Farm, but um, <laughs> that was corny. <laughs> I, appreciate taking, <laughs> I appreciate you taking my call, man. Um, I'm coming calling from out in uh, Milwaukee, and I just wanted to. Uh, so that's one, I appreciate everything you're doing with uh, telling everybody, you know, the business game. But uh, I'm an artist, right? 
and like a digital artist. So okay. uh, I I like doing certain stuff, but now I'm getting all these requests for like family photos and all that stupid stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess not stupid, but it's like stuff I don't want to do. It's boring, you know? So like, how do I like make my business bigger or big enough that I can like not have to do that stuff no more? Good. Still make the money. Good. And so that's actually a good question. Um, and I'm actually going to mute you. I'm going to answer that question specifically. Um, and then if, if it makes sense, it'll probably take two or three minutes, okay? So to answer that specifically, um, uh, first and foremost, you, you got to stop being so, um, you got to stop being attached. You got to stop being attached to money. Remember, money is a tool that's supposed to be used to make your life better, okay? And so what, what I mean by that is you got to put yourself into a position to where um, you, when the money, the money that you're making is allowing for you to hire and find people to help you. So what you should do, if I were you, um, is there something specific that you like to do when it comes to uh, being creative, when it comes to photography, or, or what? What do you like? What do you rather be doing? What would you rather be doing? Um, really, I just like capturing like people's lifestyle moments. So like you know, a family together That's hanging right. out or, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple together uh, hanging out. Not like all that posy stuff, but like, you know, just, just real life. Got it. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Um, how many photographers have a problem getting gigs? Shoot, all of us. And so uh, it, getting gigs isn't the problem. It's you not wanting to do them, right? Yeah. So you know what to do. You know how long it takes to cut the uh, to make the picture. You know exactly how to make them perfect, but that's not what you feel like your calling is, correct? Correct. So what you want to do, you find photographers that are that are talented that you can help hone their skills and they have a people problem. You don't have a people problem, you have a I don't want to do it problem. They need a they <laughs> they got people problem, which means they need the photography and you like, "Yo, I'm tired of doing them." So what you do, you begin to watch this, you begin to build a team. And what happens when you build this team, now when you got people that want to do still photos, you don't sell your company as uh, as Jake is doing it. You sell your company as, what's the name of your company? Uh, it's Capture One Photography. So you sell it as Capture One Photography. So when you talk about Capture One Photography, most people get the problem when they, especially with photographers I see all the time, they want to let everybody know that they're the one taking a picture. So when people want to pay them, they want to pay them. They don't want to pay the company. See, when people think about Jake, they think about ABS and all of our team that come with us. So they are they are okay with getting somebody else on the phone because I have not sold what we do as far as Jake does it. I talk about the team, our company. So what I mean by that is now when, you, when you're taking those family pictures, put capture one. You know how people put like the picture sign and they put their like Instagram? Mm-hmm. You can literally put the picture, the picture. Now you put the name of your company so that they see it's a co- it's a company um, uh, quality, not personality quality. So now you can hire people, train them to have the same exact eye that you have, hold them accountable with the policies and procedures that you put in place on how to take the pictures, when to snap the pictures, how many pictures to take, when to have them edited, when to have a cut, and when to have it to the family. And now the people that are having a client or customer problem, you can get them clients and customers under the guise of Capital uh, Capital One, uh, what, what's it called? I said Capital One, Capture One Photography. 
So now when they're coming under Capture One photography, you make sure you put them under um, uh, obligations that says that they cannot take any clients that are from Capture One. Of course, you have your legal team help you with that. But they come and take pictures under the umbrella of Capture One, and that frees you up from having to do the stuff that you don't want to do. Now, watch this. When you scale, it does take away profitability. Which means that money that you would have made on that that photo is now split between somebody else and you in the company. But you have to be okay with that because guess what? You still made money and you were not there. Passive income is always left less than active income, which means you have to have more more volume of pictures to take place to take place of the volume of money that you would have made if you were actively taking the pictures yourself. So when you're not taking the pictures yourself. And somebody else is, it takes away from the money that you were bringing home yourself. But what happens now you freed up your time that can allow you to keep doing what you're gifted at. Finding more people that want that stuff and you, you, you tell them, you know, capture one takes care of that. You have photographers take your place so they can take the pictures. You pay out your photographers as contractors and it allows for you to continue to do what you love to do at a more premium price. And then you specialize and let them know that Jake does this. I specialize in this so that they know when they when they work with you, it comes with a higher premium because they're working specifically with you and your talent. And then when you get tired of doing that, you train somebody to take your place there and you market that company kind of like that. So what, to give you a, a, a cut cookie cutter example, I used to be we used to be Jake Taylor Financial. But when I wanted to grow, I knew it could not just be under my company's name anymore, under my name anymore. So I changed the company name from Jake Taylor Financial to ABS, and then I began to brand ABS, and slowly I began to remove me from the day-to-day so that people are just used to talking to and seeing my team, and I don't have to be there to make the same sales, although profits are cut down a little bit, but people taking that place freed up my time and allowed for me to continue to do this so we can bring, be able to bring brand appeal and brand attraction to get more clients. Did that make sense? It does. It really does. Uh, uh, I just have to, I guess, get out of my comfort zone and find other people to, to be able to put my name name on, I guess you could say. Right. And so what happens is, well, th- th- this this is what you don't want to do. You just don't want to dump people, you know, like get photographers and say, okay, do those photos. You want to groom them. So what? it's like an apprenticeship, right? So um, I, I got a guy, I got a guy named Amir uh, in my company. When he came, I told him I wasn't paying him not a dime. I told him that up front. I'm not paying you nothing. But the six months that you're going to be with me is going to pay you more in knowledge than you ever thought that it would. So I didn't pay him. And there are times my heart really wanted to pay him, but I didn't because I understood what apprenticeship would be. And so what happened was I literally trained him. I groomed him. And then and then he's already freaking naturally talented. Uh, so I didn't have to do much. I just had to add, give him a little discipline and and naturally uh, naturally groomed him. And so now what I'm doing, I'm literally allowing him to fill the places that I had to feel the most in. And what's happening is I trained him. So now he knows me. He knows my eye. He knows my feel. He knows my heart. So he begins to make the decisions like I make them uh, in the field talking to people. And because of that, and he's getting groomed, and I saw his talent, we're, we're creating a company specifically for him so he can run it. But you, you see, I never would have been able to put him six months ago in this position if I didn't take six months to train him and to, and to nourish him into you know, help him work through some of his 
um, uh, personal, you know, issues, self-sabotaging with that, then he's good. And so the same thing I did with Connie, our director of operations. She started out in the field. I brought her in and I held her hand. I walked her through everything. And after four years, of course, she's like my brain because I trained her. I can trust her to run stuff without me. So the problem that most people have when they hire, they hire and leave instead of hire and develop. Ooh, that was a, ooh, that was a nugget. They hire and leave instead of hiring to develop. When you hire to develop, you know it's going to take six months to nine months to train them before they actually can do it to where you feel like, okay, they're good and I can leave them. And then when you leave them, you're able to make that passive income or make uh, free up your time to do the stuff that you love to do. But you got to take time to find people who are capable, meaning they know what to do with the, with the camera. They already kind of have an eye for photography. You just got to train them to have an eye like you have for your company. And that may take three months. That may take six months. So you have them come do an apprenticeship with you and you do splits. So my team, we do what's called splits. Until I feel like you're 100% capable to handle it yourself, you get a smaller cut of the deal. It's not the cut that you will get if you did the whole thing by yourself, but it's a smaller cut that allows for you to get trained. You see some of the money, and then the more you begin to be trusted with, with, with properly handling our cases, the more money you make, and that removes me from the situation. You're able to get more of the deal. Did that make sense? It does. Good. It so does. so you, got to, you got to not train and leave. You got to train and develop. Train and develop. If you develop talent in your team, they're a lot more loyal than you hiring talented people. See, if I hire extremely talented people who know they think they know what they're doing, they're not only going to take my customers and clients, but they're going to sabotage my business and, and lead to company destruction. But if you develop talent, if once you develop talent, they're a lot more loyal to you because you were a part of their growth process and they feel indebted to you, not as a slave, but indebted like, dang, man, they did so much for me. It's harder for that person to screw you over than it is for the person who already thinks that they're they're hot stuff. So I would challenge you to find photographers that can be groomed, not photographers that are already, quote unquote, talented, extremely gifted because they're going to bring a lot of ego that you don't want in your organization, which will cause you to have a lot more problems. Make sense? Make sense. I appreciate you, uh, uh, Jake, for calling into the show. I hope I was able to help you, not Jake from State Forum. Peace. So, for, as you guys can see, uh, that as you guys can see, that information um, is absolutely it, it's available for everyone. But you got to you got to hire to develop, not hire to uh, to leave. So when you hire to develop, it gives you a lot more time to be able to do it. Um, uh, we have only three more minutes in the show. We have three more minutes in the show. So if you want to call in, you want to ask a question, this is the time to call in and to ask a question. You can call into our show number at 469-340-3612 so I can answer any business question that you have. 469-340-3612. I look at the comments. We got two more minutes now uh, for the show. Uh, Max says, I need to hear this. I need to hear this. I need to hear this. Teddy says facts. Carrie said this is good. Jamie said for profit. Marlon Wright. King me. Peace, Maxine. See, I love Maxine. She she always everywhere. She 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 catch every show. Maxine catch every show. Any questions for me? Any questions for me? Before we exit the show. Well, all right, guys, this is Jake Taylor Jacobs, and this is the Jake Taylor Jacobs Show. And I hope that this show was able to help you understand the importance of, watch this, the importance of scaling, putting people in place so that you can scale your business. 
So to keep your business from being a headache and being uh, enslaved to the very thing that's supposed to set you free, I want you to understand that you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to put policies, procedures in place so that you can begin to replace what you do so that you can continue to do what you do. God called you to be a leader, to be the head, and you have to put people in place to allow them to lead um, uh, within your organization. That's how you keep talented people. So question of the day. Uh, was answered, but the best thing, for, especially with this entrepreneur-minded um, society, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, you give them space to grow within your organization, and you create an entrepreneurial environment to where they have an entrepreneurial feel, they have entrepreneurial responsibilities, but they're protected under the umbrella of you, and it helps with everything. I promise. This is Jake Taylor Jacobs, and I love you. There's nothing you can do about it.